Good to be speaking to you this morning. Um, most of you I know, but if you don't, my name's Mike. I'm one of the leaders here at Emmanuel Shoreham. It is gift day, so where better place to start than to talk about money and giving? Um, probably what you're expecting, but I think you hopefully you'll be surprised about some of the direction that we take it on this morning. So I want to ask you a question right at the start. How much joy does giving bring you? There's a few awkward shuffles. <clears throat> now, now, sometimes you might, your head might have gone straight to giving money to the church, expecting me to kind of jump straight in on there. I want to take a different angle for a second. How much joy does giving gifts bring you? There's a study that I read recently about children who, they kind of did a study on the brains that when children give gifts, it brings them more joy than receiving gifts. It's cool, eh? When's that change, right? When does that change? I wonder. Uh, maybe as they get older, uh, maybe even for us as adults, uh, we might still say that. Um, but I wonder if that is true for you. It's sometimes true for me. Sometimes I really like giving gifts. Sometimes I really like receiving them. Um, if you've bought a really good gift for someone how, and you give it to them, that makes you feel happy normally, I'd say. Um, I gave my brother an Xbox for Christmas once. That was like extravagant, surprise giving, went above and beyond, had had a good financial year and he was a student, so I thought, well, I'm going to buy him an Xbox. And then I've never let him forget it. <laughs> a lavish gift from me. A selfish gift to make me feel good. Sometimes we do that, don't we? We give stuff and we think, I really hope they like the gift, but more so, I really hope they like me for it. And so we actually start trying to go through this motion of like, I remind him about it every year. Hey, what you get me for Christmas? Do you remember like five or ten years ago I bought you an Xbox? What you get? Not another beer box, please. Um, so giving is something we like to talk about in this church. It's something you will have heard us mention a few times. But I want to give a bit of context um, about why it's important to help us to understand why we talk about it. And so we're going to look at a few, literally two verses together this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians uh, in the New Testament. But before I read it, I just want to pray uh, for us this morning. So let me do that. Father God, I thank you. <sighs> thank you this morning, just hearing how much you love us. Thank you that we can bring all of who we are to you this morning and you still look on us with a smile. You still welcome us in. You still love to see us. And I just pray as we consider our giving this morning, as we look at what it is to to give in this moment and how we should give. I pray, help our hearts to be transformed. Help our little bits inside of us that might want to uh, hold back on this this morning to be excited and to be caught up with who it is you are, Jesus. And so I pray, help us, help me uh, as we go through this in your mighty name. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn to it. If not, it's going to come on the screen. Let me read it for us. It says this, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And so we're going to have an opportunity later, there's two buckets down here, um, to come and give our gifts. Whether it's an IOU, whether you've got a cheque or some cash or you're doing it online, you just want to write that down. 
We're going to have an opportunity to do that. But before we do that, I want us just to check our hearts. I want us to look inward and understand why it is that we're doing this. Now, I think it's probably fair to say, if you are forced to do something, you probably don't do it that well. You show a willingness, yeah, okay, I'll do it. But you cut the corners, um, maybe the washing up. You kind of do that thing where you stick all the cutlery in and you just quickly wipe all of them in one handful and chuck it in. Maybe it's cutting the grass, or maybe it's washing the car and you kind of think, well, do you know, they won't really see that bit, so I'll leave it. Maybe it's covering for someone at work who's not turned up for the third day in a row. Maybe it's making a round of teas and you just think, oh, I just can't be bothered to do this. But I'm going to do it because it's my turn. Maybe it's the hoovering at home. You just kind of miss those awkward spots because it can't be bothered. Uh, or maybe it's the tidying up or sorting out. There's loads of people nudging each other here, which is nice. Uh, so we can generally get by. If we ask you to do something, if someone says, please do this, you get by. Half-heartedly, you kind of prove that you've done it, but you kind of get by on it. I'm sure, I'm sure some of you are really good at washing up, so well done you. Um, we invested in a dishwasher recently, game changer. Uh, but Paul is taking this moment to look at our giving. He's taking us through the same lens. How do you do your giving? Where is your heart at when you give? And so I want to look at how not to give this morning. I want us to look at how we shouldn't give. So if you're going to fall into this category, we'll look at how we shouldn't give this morning. The verses up on the screen behind me earlier said, reluctantly and under compulsion. So if you are coming this morning reluctantly and under compulsion, this is for you. This bit is just for you. Maybe you're thinking, I do not want to give. Someone said gift day and you went, oh. Again, again, every, it feels like every week there's a gift day. There you go. Glad some people relate to that. So I think we can often feel a reluctance as we step towards it. And there's a few reasons, so I want to highlight a couple. One, I think current climate, knowing where we're at, life is expensive, there's a fear factor. There's a moment of saying... I just can't, I, I'm, I'm scared, I can't do it, I don't, I'm not going to have enough, so I'm just going to hold on to what I have. And actually, this isn't just something that is true for us as adults, it's true for kids as well. I saw it yesterday. This is the great thing about when you're preaching, there's little moments that you, uh, you can see. And so I think as kids, uh, we're kind of taught, and even as adults, we see a thing of saying, the world will give you nothing, so take and hold on to everything you can. That's generally something we would hear. The world owes you nothing, so go and make your own way, hold on to your own stuff. And so yesterday, in a really silly example I'm going to give you, we saw some friends who've got a two-year-old boy, and so Eli's about a year older than him, and we had this little snack pot of raisins. Now, they, for some reason, that's like gold dust to a child. They love these little snack pots of raisins. And so Eli sees this. There's two boys running around playing about. Snack pot of raisins. What does he do? He goes over, opens it. I thought, oh, this is great. He's going to, you know, share it. and Pours them out. Brilliant. Free-for-all buffet of raisins. Puts his hand under the table, slides them onto his hand. My raisins. And then shovels them in as quickly as possible. I've not taught him to do that. Not said, go be selfish with your food. And that's a silly little thing, but actually there's a moment for him. Even though I said, mate, there's more in the kitchen, like we can get some more if we run out. 
He was like, no, 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 no. Oh, this is mine. I'm holding, this is what I'm holding on to. But it, trans, it kind of follows us through as adults where we start to hold on to things that we think, I just don't quite know if there's any more coming. So I'm just going to keep hold of this, especially money. But there's lots of other things we do it with too. We say we trust in God. We sing it. We put our hands up. We believe it. Someone says, you trust God? You say, yeah. But then you've still got your little pot of raisins like this, making sure no one else can get hold of it, shoveling them in, even though we know that he is a loving God who loves to give us good gifts. And so sometimes, maybe for us, maybe for you, you're thinking, oh, it's not quite where I'm at. Maybe for you, it's about, and we sang about it this morning, it's knowing God's love. Maybe for you this morning, you're like, you don't know God's love and affection, so you're going to give so you can buy it which is an expensive route to go, let me tell you that. He's not calling us to do that. He's not saying, give and then I'll love you. Paul starts out saying this this morning, that actually if we start to go down that route, and we're holding back and we're kind of falling into those moments, uh, we can give sparingly. We hold back in those moments. And he's not talking about sparingly in terms of money, value. He's talking about how our hearts are and what we're giving into. It becomes about how much we can hold back versus how much we can give. See the difference? So it's about, I will give, but I'm just going to hold all of this back and maybe just pass over two raisins to that other kid because I've got all the rest here. So you're looking after yourself. And so if if your approach this morning is, I'm going to pay to get God's love and affection, or actually I'm coming there because someone told me to from the front, or everyone else is doing it and I'm going to walk down. If I don't walk down, everyone's going to be like, do you see, they didn't go down this morning to give to the gift day. If that's your reason for doing it, let me say this, don't give this morning. I genuinely do not give this morning. That is not what God is calling us into. I want giving for us as a church, for us as a family, to be a cheerful, exciting, celebratory moment. Not just these gift days, but your regular ongoing giving. It doesn't mean it's not a step of faith, You can have lots of fun stepping out in faith, but actually it does mean that we're putting our trust in God. We're not saying, I'm going to hold back and see what God does. It's, no, I'm going to trust you and jump in. And so I want more than anything for you to know him. That's what I want for you this morning. The one who doesn't hold back, the one who, 1 John 3 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Lavished on us. Great love he has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And so sometimes we find ourselves giving, like I said, because we don't know the Father's love. So I'm just going to give until he loves me. But he wants you to know this morning his lavish gifts, his lavish love for you. Great love that he has for you. Why does he want you to know that? Because he wants you to know it. Not because you've got money, not because you're giving, because you're his child, you're his son, you're his daughter, and he wants you to know that. We sang it literally just now in this song. A child that's free, for in everything I know you love me. Can you sing that truly in your heart? Can you sing that saying, no, I do know what it is to be a child of God. If you've put your trust in Jesus, that is you this morning. That is your identity. You're a child of God and he loves you. Before you even walked in this morning, before you walked to the buckets, before you do anything, he wants you to know this morning that he loves you. Full stop. If you leave here hearing nothing else, I want you to hear your Father in heaven loves you. He's the one who in Romans 8 says, did not, did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. 
how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? All things. He doesn't give sparingly. He did not spare his own son. I really want you, I really want you to know Jesus. I really want you to have this relationship with him, to understand him, to trust him, to see him as he is. The one who gave up his life for you, he's the one that's calling you into relationship this morning. And so whether you're, if you're coming this morning thinking, I'm going to pay my way to heaven, pay my way into relationship, I'm going to give so that God loves me, then hold back on it because I want to now tell you how we should give. How do we give well? How do we approach giving in a good way? Two ways, thoughtfully and joyfully. Thoughtfully and joyfully. Paul encourages us in that text to decide in our hearts what we will give. That means take time over it. That means pray about it. That means think about it. That means be good stewards of the money God has given you and the things that God has given you. Don't rush into these moments. We can still give bountifully, as it says at the beginning. We can faithfully and courageously trust him as we give. But it's not just a random thing. It's not The reason we talk about it for a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about it for a couple of weeks more, is that it's not just something we're like, surprise, gift day, write a big number on there and put it in that. That's not what we're looking for. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for people who think about it, pray about it, come thoughtfully, come cheerfully. And so that's what this is talking about. We take time to pray and to consider what the, what the giving means. And there are seasons that we step out, 100%. Seasons we step out in faith thinking, this is beyond what I think I can do, but I'm trusting in God. And there's seasons where we don't do that. And there's seasons where we faithfully give to him and trust in him. Should we budget? Should we have spreadsheets? Should we know what's coming in and out? Absolutely. These things are really important. We're being good stewards of our money. And if you don't, how do you know how, what it means to step out in faith? If you don't know what you can give, how do you step out in faith in your giving? Because actually there's a call to us to, to do that well. We can't decide in our heart if we don't know where we're at. So if budgeting is not something for you or you struggle with it, talk to someone. Um, but it's really important because then we can see when we're stepping out in faith. In the previous chapter in 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 8 says, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means. So there's two elements. There's they're giving inside what they think is right and you know, being good stewards, but they're also giving beyond their means and they're trusting God and going on a journey with this stuff. And so therefore, we're encouraged to consider our giving. Don't rush into it, do it wisely, but do it in faith, trusting God. Step out where you can step out. And they can feel a bit scary, like I said at the beginning, but actually some of the most scary things bring us joy. People go shark diving. That's like a terrifying idea. But I, personally, I've never done it, but I personally, I would love to do it. I think it would bring me joy. I'd be terrified, but it would bring me joy because it's fun. Bungee jumping, skydiving. Even for some people going through a car wash, not even joking, took a mate of mine through a car wash, terrified. Um, but the car came out clean. It was brilliant. He was like a grown man, terrified of a car wash. Um, so these little things, funny little things, but when we step out and do something that's a little bit scary, quite often the result is joy for us because it's something we're wanting to do. Not all the time, but often. And so do you find joy in giving? The New Testament talks a lot about actions. We should consider these things. We should do these things. But in all of it, we've just done a whole series on this. We find our joy in Jesus. When we step out, when we act, 
It's because we find our joy in Jesus. Not because I've said it or someone else up here has said it, but because our joy is found in Jesus and that's where we step out and that's where we come from. So where is your heart this morning? Cheerful giver doesn't mean smile when someone watches you put something in the bucket. You can if you want. You might be terrified as well. It's where like the masks were useful for a while because no one can see your face. Um, but it's deeper than that. It's about our hearts. It's about how we feel putting that money in the bucket, transferring the money online, looking at the budget sheet, putting in a figure and thinking, oh gosh, God's going to come through for me. I know it. I know he is. One of the things I hadn't really noticed about this verse before studying it this week was it talks about a cheerful giver. Giver. Not gift. Giver. What you put in is one thing, but he's so interested in you personally. He's so, so captivated by the giver, not the gift. How many of you can say that about it when you get a gift at Christmas? You get given this gift, you're like, thanks for that. I just love you. I just want, I just, thank you so much. You haven't even opened it yet, but I don't think many of us. Maybe even you, at Christmas, you see kids are like, rip the present open, they're gone. You don't see them again. Thank you. And they're off. Maybe for you, you've got a gift you're wearing, holding in your pocket or in the car or at home that you think, who did give me that? I'm sure someone gave me that at some point. That was nice. It's about the gift, not the giver. God's flipping that on his head. He's saying, I love you, the giver. Come as a cheerful giver. It's just, it's, it blew my mind a little bit thinking about that, that he's not even really thinking about what I'm putting in. He's just looking at my heart. He wants to, he want, he's interested in me. His heart is for me. His heart is for you. And so when we read about giving bountifully, it's not about a figure with lots of zeros. It's about looking at what we can and can't afford, stepping out in faith and trusting him. We see it in the Bible so many times about, you know, there's the stories left, right and centre of people who give small amounts. Uh, the widow that gave just two coins versus the guy that literally bucket loads of money. And actually he's like, this she trusts me. He's just given out of his wealth. She's given out of what she doesn't have. She has trusted in me. And even the stories on the videos, we hear people giving thousands. There's another story, someone just put their hand in the pocket, 20 quid, put it in. There are other people that may even put less than that. But it's not about that. It's about the person giving and how they're seeing their giving and whether they love and trust and are cheerful in Jesus when they do that. And that's what I want for us. I want us to be like that. So I'm going to finish on verse 8. This set of verses is amazing. So if you haven't ever read it before, go and read it. It's so hard to work out where to start and finish. But I think this is um, just cap capturing these two verses. Verse 8 says this. God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that, you have all, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So it's not just about trusting God once we've given. It's not just that giving moment, but he's a trustworthy, gracious giver even before we've given. He gives us the grace to give, to do good works before we've even stepped forward this morning. And it shows the bountiful nature of our God, that he provides all that we need. He provides for us so generously and allows us to be generous to others. That by his grace, we know all sufficiency in all things at all times. We've, I think we even sung lines like that this morning. He will provide for us. 
before, during, and after our giving, whether you give or don't give, he will provide for you. He's a giver, a supplier, a father, a healer, one who we come for, we have restoration and refreshment from him. He's one we can come and rest in. He's the ultimate perfect giver. That's who we're looking at, who we're learning from. And it starts off, our relationship with him starts off with a gift. It starts off with the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Again, 2 Corinthians 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, what, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. He gave up everything for us joyfully. Hebrews 12. Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He gave up his life for us. He counted the cost, read the Garden of Gethsemane. He counted the cost, yet joyfully endured the cross for you. I want you to know that this morning. Knowing what was to come, he joyfully endured the cross. I personally, and I'm sure many of you would agree, we want people to know the good news of Jesus far and wide. This town and beyond. Church planning, all those things that are important to us as a church because we want to spread the gospel, the name of Jesus, far and wide. We want people to know about him. We want people to know the love of a perfect father, a father who gives and lavishes gifts on us. And so as we give this morning, uh, or maybe you're not quite there yet, as we do that giving moment, we come knowing joy in him. We come knowing we have found our joy in Jesus. We know who we're giving to, we know what we're giving to, and we give to bring glory to him. So please don't come this morning reluctantly and under compulsion. Please don't do that. Please give joyfully and thoughtfully. If that means wait a week, wait a week. If that means wait two weeks, wait two weeks. I want us to give joyfully. I want us to give thoughtfully. I want us to be excited about what God is going to do with this money, not just come because we have to. Why don't we just stand together? Let me pray. Father, I thank you that you gave us Jesus. Thank you that you are the perfect giver. Thank you, you're the perfect father, that you love us, that you cherish us, that you want the best for us, that even in our moments of faith, in our moments of those scary moments of trusting in you, we know you come through for us. We know you provide all things in all times, that we will have sufficient and lavish gifts in those moments. And I just pray for every heart in the room, wherever we're at. I pray, would you help us to consider our giving thoughtfully and cheerfully? Would you help us to approach it with our joy found in Jesus? That we wouldn't come because someone told us to, but we come because we love you, Jesus. We give because we love you, because you first gave to us. We trust you with all our, with all our money, with all our circumstances. I pray for those this morning who are thinking, I just can't even begin to imagine what giving looks like this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, bring, give them peace. Pray there's no pressure. Pray, Holy Spirit, would you provide? Maybe there's needs in the room uh, that actually right now, for you, you're thinking, I need, I need more. I can't. I need things. Uh, well, actually, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you meet those needs? Would you help us as a family as we give to meet needs? That actually would be uh, not just giving out, but also receiving. You'd know, we'd know how to be people who receive well. Uh, we receive from you, Father, but we receive from our family and our community around us. 
And so I pray for it. I pray whatever we raise, whatever is raised across our sites, uh, God, would you multiply? Would you extend the kingdom? Would more and more people be, uh, would learn about you, Jesus, and come to know you as their, as their, and you, Heavenly Father, they come to know you personally, not just through us saying it, but actually there'll be a personal relationship, knowing you, Jesus, uh, are the one who made a way for us to have that. So I pray for it. I pray for our hearts. Help us to be cheerful and help us to be thoughtful as we approach giving and money generally in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are going to take a one-minute break because we're going to go and collect the kids, bring all the kids back in, and we'll have a family giving moment. So go and do that now, and then Mark and Liz are going to help us move on.